everybody, I just wanted to take a minute and thank you for listening to this podcast. Make sure you leave a like and a review on whatever podcast platform you're getting this from. Watch my daily radio shows live stream on rumble.com slash Casey the host. And I'm moving away from Facebook onto Telegram. So please follow me on Telegram at Casey the host. And of course, my website, which is a conservative news aggregator. You can get all of the best real news every single day, plus my daily show prep podcast videos and more, theburningtruth.us. And if you like knives, Kydex holsters, pepper spray, and hidden cameras, make sure you do your shopping at asdefense.com. Enjoy the show. R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Don't forget, you can watch the show today, rumble.com slash Casey, the host, or at theburningtruth.us. Just click on the live stream tab. You always knew that you were going to go to the dark side when you joined me, right, Josh? Did you imagine that we would be talking about Satan? You didn't imagine that? You didn't think, you honestly didn't think that Satan was going to come up one time on this show when you joined? Really? You honestly didn't think that that was going to happen? Wow. Josh is uh, sheltered. <laughs> Joining us right now from realnewsmichiana.com is Clifton French. How was your holiday, man? Hey, it was great, Casey. How was yours? It's it was all right, high. man. Not too bad. Kids had a had a really good Christmas. They got some family in town, that sort of thing. So, so uh, yeah, pretty good. There we go. Well, I hope you had a good break, man. Yeah. Well, what's uh, what's the deal here with the the situation with uh, you know? There's been a lot of satanic stuff that's been popping up and. And I do want to kind of lead into this because I think that this is important for people to understand is that um, we're not talking about the occult. The the modern satanic church is basically like an activist, uh, atheist church, right? Uh, I mean, they claim that, but if you go to anything they, you know, they do, um, you know, they're, they're, everything is hail Satan. Everything is Satan this, Satan that. They have you know, statues of Satan and all kinds of demons and stuff like that that they, you know, claim to worship, right? Right. So, I mean, yeah, they say whatever they say, but it's kind of secret. You, you know, in order, you have to go through a whole process to get into the church um, and to get into, you know, become a, an actual member of the Satanic Temple, right? So, uh, you know, who knows? I, I, you know, I, I look at what I see, and what I see is them worshiping Satan, um, and then also all of them— uh, being just huge, uh, kind of their their newfound, you know, child uh, uh, sacrifice because uh, their biggest thing is is abortion, right? Big, it's big, big, big pro-abortion yeah. act. Yes, big, yeah. big time. Yeah, huge activist. I mean, they're the Satanic Temple is is a part of major lawsuits in Texas, right? Yeah, um, against the Texas abortion bill. Uh, they're they, they these these people are are the Antifa the Antifa Satanists. Northern Indiana atheists, all of them are together, and they're all volunteers at our local abortion clinic right here in South Bend, the uh, Whole Women's Health, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they do. Um, and it's, it's, it's I mean, it, it's satanic. <laughs> it is their child sacrifice, right? Uh, they're sick people. So now what's interesting about this is that all of a sudden we've started to see, and, and I think the last time that the, the, uh, the local – by local, I mean state. I don't think it was like local chapter, like hyper-local in South Bend, but I think like the state, um, Indiana Satanic Temple, I think the last time they made a big splash was, what, 2018, when they adopted a highway? And and remember they had like the, uh, you know, this you know the Satanic Temple highway and that sort of thing, and people were really upset about that. And, um, and then that they... Was all, that was, 
Go ahead. Yeah, that was all this this woman who I wrote the story on. Okay, so that was she. Yeah, so she was involved in that, and then like a couple of years before that, I think that they got involved in in the the atheist type lawsuits where you sue the uh, you know the government because they have religious displays for the holidays and things like that, which of course we've covered ad nauseum uh, on this show. But but we've yeah. started to see these displays showing up now in the county city building over the holidays. When I was going on vacation, mm-hmm. I'm reading I'm reading realnewsmichiana.com. I get the alert. I'm like, oh, we got satanic displays at the the county city building. Now, my first thought, Clifton, was that this is not a recognized religion. So how can they have a display at the county city building unless it was just you know per- well, permitted? Yeah. Well, I mean the the NIA right. The NIA is the the. They, they're the ones who went out there, right? And so mm. they had, they had, they called it their diversity and inclusion tree, right? Rainbow okay. tree. Okay. Um, and it had, it had uh, ornaments for Antifa, orna- ornaments for anarchy, ornaments for Black Lives Matter, uh, and ornaments for you know Satanism, the Satanic Temple. Um, now, if I'm, I may be wrong on this, but I think the Satanic Temple got um, its nonprofit status as an actual church. It's, it's tax-free, tax-exempt status. Did they? Okay. Uh, All right. A few, year, a few years ago. Okay. Um, which is, you know, crazy in itself, um, especially if they're claiming not to be a religion, right? Well, that's but, the whole—that's yeah. the whole thing. I remember when the the big case was happening at the federal level several years ago, where atheists, of course, have been arguing that they were not a religion, and but the only way for them to win a case was to actually be declared a religion, so they were declared. A religion, which of course infuriated the atheists, they got what they wanted, but they to get that, they had to be declared yeah. as an official religion. And let's be honest, it is. It's a religion. If you're an atheist, yeah. you're a re- you're a religious person. It's just your faith is of the atheist faith. Um, so yeah. this is very similar to that. And again, with the dark imagery, which they they basically claim. Now, this could be, as some people have pointed out, Clifton, the devil deceives that sort of thing. This could just be their way of deflecting all of this. But basically, they're saying that it's you know we're just memeing. All of the uh, all of the the gods and that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's not. Liars. It's, they lie. I'm sorry, Casey. They lie about everything. They're all liars. Okay, they're all liars. So yeah, now they're worshiping Satan. So now we've got teachers and elementary schools, and this particular school is one that we had a, a pretty disturbing call from a student right before the holiday season. Some very bad things are happening at that school. Two students. I, I don't oh, know if really? there's a connection to that or, or what, but they're being harassed pretty bad, pretty pretty awful, you know, uh, critical race theory and social justice stuff happening with uh, some of the teachers for this 12-year-old who called the program. And this is the same exact school. And and so now we've got one of the, the members of the, the Satanic Temple who is an actual elementary school teacher, correct? Uh, yeah. So she is not just the member. She is the owner. She is the founder. She is the president. She okay. uh, runs the statewide satanic temple um, and is <laughs> is a fourth grade teacher teaching, you know, nine, ten-year-olds um, at at this, this school at, at Southwest Allen County Schools, right? Um, right? It's technically Fort Wayne. It's south-southwest of Fort Wayne, um, but at, at Haverhill Elementary School. Okay. I, okay. I don't think that was the exact same one then. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but this is, you know, this is the thing. It's it's where you have a situation. There's going to be some people out here, Clifton. Again, I have to play haha, devil's advocate here. Devil's advocate. Um, you, you know, I'm look, I'm a dad. Dad jokes just slip out of me, dude. It's just how it happens. So we, we've, we've got, we've got, <laughs> we've got this situation where you're going to have some people that go, okay, just because she <laughs> is honcho at the satanic temple, um, let's take her at her word for it. They don't actually worship the devil, whatever. They're not actually evil. This isn't the occult. It's just a thing. And 
you know, maybe there's going to be some people who just buy into that. She's allowed to believe what she wants to believe as long as she's not, you know, polluting the minds of the kids in her classroom, right? Listen, I'm, I'm all about the Constitution, right, and freedom of religion, practice whatever you want. Uh, I'm also uh, pro, you know, freedom of the press and, and freedom of speech, right? Right. So she can do whatever she wants. Uh, but however, if she is going to be uh, taxpayer, right, mm-hmm. um, having influence of children and being the owner and, and president of a satanic temple uh, that is statewide, I am going to journalism all over that. I am going to let everybody know, and people can make up their minds. Um, if you read my article, I didn't say a single bad thing, right? No, no, about I read this. it. No, it was very, yeah, very yeah. well balanced. I haven't seen that they've responded on any of their social media about it or anything like that. They've kept a pretty low profile so far. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's picking up steam. I mean, it's, it's being read everywhere. Um, but it is a. I mean, it's it's something that that parents are obviously really concerned about. Well, I guess that's um, what, I guess that's really kind of what it comes down to, though, right? Is that you know, it's not an attack article on her, but you know, if you're a, if you're a parent and you've got a kid at a at an elementary school, might want to know that your your kid's teacher is a Satanist. Yep, and on top of that, uh, like <clears throat> before I published anything, right? Because I sent an email out to the school district and all that. Right. Uh, before I had published anything. She made all after that email. She made all of her social media private. She started scrubbing stuff. Um, you know, I mean, if they're doing such a good thing, yeah. Why do they always scrub right? that? Yeah. Why is she? So, what's the embarrassment here? Really, I, I'm always perplexed by that. It's like the same thing with these doctors who who uh, say that you, they sh- they shouldn't have to treat you if you don't get vaccinated or wear a mask. It's like, why do you scrub your social media after I talk about that? Yeah. It's, what's the point? Yeah, it's the thing. If what you're telling me is is like you are doing all of these great things, right? Right. This is a beautiful fake religion, whatever, um, and that we do all this charity work. What? Why are you even before I do anything? Why are you scrubbing all of your stuff? Why are you making it all private? What are you trying to hide? Well, I guess That's that. Question. And you know, this is going to seem like it's probably not related. I'm sure that some people will probably relate this. But, you know, again, for the people out there who are like, well, you know, as long as she's not abusing kids, whatever, and doing a good job in the classroom, it doesn't matter to them. And that's fine. And from your perspective as a journalist, no problem. Let the parents know if, you know, parents are not happy with their kid being in a, in a satanic uh, teacher's class, then allow, you know, school could allow them to move them out for those who don't care. Okay, whatever. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's, there's retired adult film stars who go to read books to children and they are banned from going to these schools. Why? Because mommy and daddy know who they are. Not because little Susie and Billy know who they are, but because mommy and daddy know who they are. And all they're doing is trying to get back to their community now that, they've, that they're retired. You know, Sasha Gray, who, who is now retired, but at one point was, you know, probably top one or two or three adult film stars in the country, you know, when she retired, she wanted to get back to her community and she wanted to read to, to kindergarten students. And that's what she did. The problem is that everybody recognized her when she walked in the building and they didn't like the fact that she wanted to read to children. So she was actually barred from participating in that program. And she's not the only one. So this this would seem to be um, a bit more egregious, in my opinion, than something like that. Well, I mean, she's not retired from the Satanic Temple. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I, I, I uh, suppose and, there's a debate there, but you know, but again, yeah, she's she's not she's active. Whole, yeah, 
their whole thing their whole thing is this political activism right and influencing people and getting them in right uh, how you know what else do you do i mean what's a better way of influencing than than you know shaping the the minds of 9 and 10 year olds you know children at an early age well and i i think clifton if we look at this and if we break away from the satanic aspect of it just because there's going to be some people that probably think it's hyperbolic. I don't think it is. I think it's very relevant. But there's probably going to be some people who will think that. What you just said is very important. If you go to any of the temple's websites, their pages on social media or whatever, you will see consistently pushing critical race theory, pushing um, LGBTQ plus issues, social justice. You'll, you'll see all of those things that are now... Yeah major, major issues in the classroom. So can you really trust somebody who is a founder of the Satanic Temple who is promoting this outside of school to not promote it in the classroom? Yeah, I don't think you can. Um, that's, once again, that's my opinion, right? right. Um, that's not what the article says. No. Uh, but, you know, we're, ha- we're having a conversation. Sure. So, so I, I believe that um, you can't, I mean, if, this, if my child was in this, this woman's classroom, um, you know, I would be pulling them out immediately. Well, and that's, again, shouldn't parents have that choice, though? That's that's the big yeah. thing. You know, it, I look, I when I was in school, I had a knockout, drag-out fight with a teacher who didn't like me, and the school refused to pull me out of the class. As a result, my grades suffered. We were miserable. We were constantly arguing with one another. She didn't want me around. I didn't want to be in there. It made no sense to keep us there, but the school was headstrong about it. If they just make things more flexible, where if, if you have something as small as a personality conflict and you remove them from the situation, everybody's happier. And if you have a situation yeah. like this, where you think somebody might be preying upon your kid, then you should yeah. certainly offer the option for parents to move classes. Well, and here's another thing. There is, there is a, a major local connection here, right? That Northern Indiana atheist group. Yeah. Um, that does all of that activism that does, I mean, they're, they're, they're all, um, they're all a part of Antifa. They're all a part right. of that. They, you know, they're based out of Elkhart, um, right. and they do all kinds of fundraisers, all this stuff. They did they did a Men's Straighten with Satan fundraiser. I saw that, Satanic, yeah. yeah. For the Satanic Temple, right? Mm-hmm. And on top of that, there were hundreds of donors, hundreds of people who had donated to this Northern Indian atheist. Um, many of them, uh, movers and shakers, and, and, and a huge, they're huge activists, right? Right. Um, some of the movers and shakers within the Democrat Party. Uh, but they don't know anything you know, about the the satanic temple, though, Clifton. Yeah, 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 they don't know anything about it. You know, they got they got so they got so mad when I put everybody out there, right? Right. I mean, like, well, it's all public anyway, and and you were bragging about donating to these charities on top of it. So, right. I don't understand, and I think it's I think it's proper for the public to know what's going on. Um, well, and isn't and so, that isn't that kind of like your mission anyway? I mean, isn't that the yeah, reason that you started yeah. out with realnewsmichiana.com is that look stories like this. This would be a here's the thing. This would be a story in nine out of ten markets across the entire country. Why wouldn't it be a story here? But it isn't unless yeah. you cover it, Clifton. Yeah, yeah. Well, going to that, uh, people need to go to the website realnewsmichiana.com and subscribe because you will not see this stuff will not happen if you if you value this if you value this type of content. Uh, I need your subscriptions. That's how I'm able to do it. Um, and so go there right now. Subscribe. Uh, help me out here, folks, because once again, I'm turning stories every single day like this that have zero coverage across the board. Yeah, and by the way, um, what I always appreciate about your articles is that you have the screenshots, you have the documents, you've got the proof. It's not just you writing an article with no links. Yeah. Show the receipts. There you go. You have to.
Clifton French, realnewsmichiana.com. I appreciate it, bud. Thank you so much. Hey, Casey. Thank you. All right. Take care. Once again, go to realnewsmichiana.com. Hit subscribe. Take a look at this article. It'll be in the Daily Show prep as well. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything because it turns out, okay, some of you were confused. Uh, when it's winter time in this area, it gets cold. I didn't know if you know that, Josh. There, there's like this this big body of water somewhere, too, that makes it worse. And But I'll tell you what, it's just straight sucked out there today. <laughs> it has not been playing. And there's little ice shards that are on the top of everything, and the wind is blowing these ice shards and everybody's eyeballs and stuff. And just, yeah, yeah. Um, Good thing I had that remote start on my car this morning. My five-year-old was mad. She was actually angry at me from the door to the car. She was mad because apparently it's dad's fault that the weather sucks. Go figure. Uh, Did you know that Joe Biden finally learned what inflation was? Now, how long have we been saying, Josh, we've been saying this since the beginning, right? We're not alone. Everybody's been saying this. Joe Biden's not in control. There are some people out there who are delusional enough to think that Joe Biden is actually acting president. He's not. Everybody knows this. Joe Biden is not calling any shots on anything. Now, the real question is, who is filling his role? I think Jill is. That's what I personally think. I think Jill Biden is the uh, is the person doing it. So while I was on vacation, they had the dad who had that conversation where they're doing the, uh, you know, the, the NORAD Santa thing. And he goes, let's go, Brandon. And Joe Biden's like, yeah, let's go, Brandon. Right. That proved that all of the jokes about Joe Biden not knowing his real name and thinking that he might be Brandon might actually be true. But also, when he tells a story about magically, over the past couple of days, discovering that there was inflation with meat prices because he didn't know, you start to understand that this is a guy who is not in the loop on anything. Because even if you're a fart-sniffing elite rich person who doesn't care about how much things cost, somebody in his administration would have looked at him and said, hey, the price of meat and stuff really sucks right now, and we need to do something about inflation. It would have come up at some point, considering all of the talk about, oh, inflation is not really happening, oh, inflation is, but it's not that bad, to uh, high inflation is actually good, you know, all of this stuff that they've been doing to spin all of this. And the fact that he was completely unaware of any of it proves beyond the shadow of a doubt that Joe Biden is not in control. He's not the guy that is is in charge in Washington, D.C. at all. And he's not even in the loop about the basic fundamentals of what is going on here. So Joe Biden, on Monday, revealed that he was not aware that meat prices had been soaring until Sunday. So on Monday, he tells this. He's like, I'm sitting in my kitchen And there's a sunroom off of the kitchen, because he's got to brag about how rich he is. You got a sunroom off of your kitchen, Josh? Nope, I don't either. Most of you don't either. Anyway, so he's sitting there in his his, uh, rich house. He's got a sunroom off of the kitchen, and his wife was there with her sister and a good friend named Mary Ann. Biden said all of this on Monday. He goes, and she was saying, do you realize it's over $5 for a pound of hamburger meat? $5! And Joe Biden's like, man, I had no idea. That's crazy stuff. Huh? Yeah, it just, just proved what we already knew. I know that you knew that. 
We all knew that. But it proves for anybody who had any doubts out there, Joe Biden is not in control of anything. Not in control of anything. We got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. MNC News Time is 3.34. I want to thank uh, Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget, you can watch us on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Did you see that Rumble officially launched it? Launched its uh, advertising wing, which means you'll be able to start doing ads on videos if your companies and things like that. Rumble is, is growing, man. Did you see how many people were added to Getter Social Network after Joe Rogan signed up? Over 700,000 people. It, <laughs> I Look, I love Joe Rogan. I've been a fan of Joe Rogan since he was on news radio. Okay? <laughs> it's, it's insane to me that somebody who does what Joe Rogan does is as famous as he is. Because this is a guy who has, and I mean this in the most respectful way, this is a guy who has limited knowledge about a wide range of, of issues, if no knowledge at all, but is very smart about like two or three. But the fact that he has the guests on and he has just he just talks with them instead of interviewing them, I think that is what is so endearing about his podcast. And And he did it. You know, the Joe Rogan experience, that podcast was on for years and years and years before anybody paid attention to it. It was on for a long, he's been doing that thing for a long, long time. Uh, and it's it's just exploded, absolutely exploded. I saw an article uh, over the weekend that said that Joe Rogan's podcast reaches millions more people than cable news. Yeah. As sad as it is, this show has a larger audience than most of the programming on CNN and MSNBC. And this show is a local show. That's how bad it is. It's it's terrible. Now, of course, uh, YouTube will push their videos. So their video content on social networks and stuff like that, you know, it gets artificially inflated with auto plays and they put it in your feed and that sort of thing to get those numbers up. Um, but they are but they're not legitimate organic views. It's just not how it works. So really interesting to see that uh, there is this teacher who has now been arrested in New York. And this is one of those things that, again, you've got to communicate with your kids. If your kids are going back into school, you've got to communicate with them about what's happening in the classroom. You need to know, you know what they're being taught in the classroom. You've got to have that curriculum. You've got to make sure that your, your kid is, is not being abused in any way, intellectually, morally, what have you. Um, and then in this case, physically being abused. This teacher has been arrested. Long Island, her name is Laura Russo. She's been a- arrested, a teacher for administering a COVID vaccine to a minor without parental consent. And, hey, Josh, the last time I checked, are teachers medical personnel? So she she also is accused of administering the shot without any training. Kind of like the person who gave Joe Biden the COVID vaccine on television but didn't aspirate the noodle. The noodle. Needle. So there's a whole, there's a whole host of things. And for those of you out there who don't know, you know, about the whole Joe Biden vaccine conspiracy thing. Look, it's that's a legitimate conspiracy theory. That's not like quackadoodle stuff. There's there's a real problem with the way that that shot was administered. And you're basically you're forced to come to a couple of different conclusions. He wasn't given a shot. 
at all, or the person who gave him the shot tried to kill him. Because that's the only two possibilities with all of that. Um, I, I would assume that they would not have an inept individual who doesn't know how to give a shot, give a shot to somebody who's pretending to be president, right? Would I be crazy in assuming that, Josh? That the person who sticks a needle in the supposed president's arm would know what they're doing. Uh, but that did not happen. <laughs> As somebody who sticks a needle in his right butt cheek twice a week, I can assure you that that was not the appropriate shot. Oh, man, it's crazy stuff. So anyway, the Long Island educator Laura Russo has been arrested for allegedly administering a COVID vaccine to a minor without training or parental consent. Russo is 54 years old, was arrested on New Year's Eve after police were tipped off by the child's mother. Police say the 17-year-old boy was at Russo's home when she jabbed him with what is believed to be a COVID vaccine. I don't know how she had the vaccine at home. Is New York just like sending vaccines out in the mail or something right now? There was an allegation, not an allegation, but a recommendation to actually do that at one point in time to just send the vaccines out to everybody. And then if you wanted to take it, you would take it. And there was no excuse. So you just do it like you do with the uh, the stimulus checks or whatever. It just, just goes out to every physical address. Uh, and if you have it, you have it. If, if you take it, great. If you don't, whatever. Um, so anyway, she reportedly did this intentionally telling the minor that it was an at-home vaccine. Hmm. There's a video of it. And NBC New York played it on television. Now, whether or not it was a real COVID vaccine is somewhat irrelevant. She stuck a needle in, in a 17-year-old's a arm. Uh, I'm sure that a lot of you probably have some questions as to why a 17-year-old is at the home of a female teacher. Uh, I think that that is a, an appropriate question for you to have, but I think we all probably know the answer to that, don't we? Even if the 17-year-old doesn't know the answer to that, Josh, we know the 54-year-old female teacher knows the answer to that. She knows why she had a 17-year-old boy at her house. I'm, I'm allowed to say that, right? Do we need to read between the lines there? You got a 54-year-old female teacher with a 17-year-old boy from her class at her house. Why do you think that might be, Josh? Not since don't ask. <laughs> Josh is like, don't ask me. Why do you think it's not just to stick a needle in his arm? Not. No, there's a there's a needle in a noodle in happening. A needle and noodle in happening, but not 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 a COVID vaccine. Not that type of needling. Okay? Just just <laughs> case you make unsubstantiated allegations. Yes, I am. And if CNN and MSNBC can do it every single day, so can I. And you all can just deal with it. So how long do you think we we have until we come back and go, see, I told you there was a noodle in that. <laughs> <That's, laughs> keep in mind, everybody is up in arms about the vaccine thing, which is appropriate to be irritated about. But let's not lose sight of the fact that this was at her house. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Now, my pill is also 30% off right now with promo code Casey Josh. The my pillow coil mattress sleep system. It's great for students and teachers alike, dude. Save 30%. Promo code. Promo code.
what did you expect? We started the show off talking about Satan. What do you want from me? It's my second day back, and we start the show off by talking about Satan in our schools. All right, uh, what else do we have here? There's so many of these little stories that are floating around as well. Um, so Georgia, I mentioned that there was some issues in Fulton County, Georgia. The, the latest, uh, latest investigation that came out uh, found that Fulton County, Georgia, had a 60% error rate. You know what happened the very next day, Josh? Georgia opened an investigation into possibly illegal ballot harvesting in the 2020 election. The next day, wow, report comes out that there's a 60% reporting error in Fulton County, Georgia. That's the place that had the water main leak. Well, the water main break, which never actually happened. Then it was a break, then it was a leak, and then we ended up finding out that it was just a toilet that was running and never flooded anything. So this is... This is interesting. So, I mean, they're saying that subpoenas could be issued and all sorts of stuff. So keep an eye on it. You think that the whole 2020 election integrity stuff is done? It's still not finished. Still not finished. Possible illegal ballot harvesting. You see that Texas did an audit and they found out that 10,000 non-U.S. citizens are registered to vote in Texas. People are not allowed to vote. 10,000. That's just what they caught. More coming up, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in, Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company? Locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Don't forget, you can go watch us online, rumble.com slash Casey the host, or at theburningtruth.us. Just click on the, the live stream or the watch now button, I should say. Um, wanna, I just want to issue an apology because I know that uh, some of you may have missed yesterday's show because you didn't realize we were back because we weren't here on Monday. And I thought that Monday was a banker's holiday because it was the only thing that I could find. I almost came back to work at like 8 o'clock in the morning on, on Monday, and my sales guy reminded me that I wasn't supposed to be back until Tuesday. And so I didn't come back on Monday. And as a result of not being back on Monday, when most people expected us to come back because of the typical holiday cycle, um, there's a lot of you who are very nervous about what had happened. And so there was a lot of calls. There was a lot of emails. There was a lot of posts. I kid you not. I found this out last night, Josh. I don't know if you heard this. You did hear it. You know exactly what I'm going to talk about, right? Local news stations started calling and asking if I had been fired. (laughs) Sorry to disappoint you. I'm still here. That's what happens. See, job security is what happens when you have a better track record of calling the the news than, than they do. But yeah, you know, I, I, I'm very, I'm very appreciative that some of these stations, more than one, I'm some of these stations were, were so concerned about my employment. They were, let's be honest, they were probably trying to hire me, uh, and they were just seeing if I was available. So, <laughs> so sad, so sad they didn't get what they wanted. All right, uh, what else do we have here? So let's talk about China. Now, the reason I want to bring this up is one of most of you who've been listening to this for any length of time. You know that required viewing is Minority Report. You have to watch several movies 
or read the book equivalent of them if it is available. You have to watch several movies if you are going to adequately understand a lot of the stuff that I talk about in the show. Number one, Minority Report. You've seen it, right, Josh? Josh has seen Minority Report. Um, I think you need to watch Gattaca. I don't think Gattaca is essential, but I think you probably should. Uh, then you also need to take a look at Demolition Man. And I know that some of you don't think that Demolition Man is relevant, but Demolition Man is more relevant than you could possibly imagine. And there's other movies too, but those are the ones that come up an awful lot. An awful lot. And part of the reason for that is a lot of the stuff that happens in those those uh, movies and the book equivalents of them is stuff that we, we see happening in, in a parallel form in our society right now. In Minority Report... We've talked about several technologies that are designed for pre-crime and being able to investigate pre-crime or prevent crime from even happening by looking at your DNA, a bunch of other technologies that are involved. We've talked about a lot of this, and we do it on a fairly regular basis. And I know that there's probably a lot of folks who don't listen every single day for all three hours of the program, and you might miss some of that stuff, but it is a very regular, Josh, right? You've been with me for a very short period of time, but it's a very regular thing. It comes up all the time that there's all sorts of stuff devoted to Minority Report. So there's a lot of different technologies from different companies, from different nations that gets put into place that is very much in line with what we see in Minority Report, the movie. I mean, aside from, you know, the, 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 some of the weird stuff, the science fiction-y stuff that got added to it. Now, the reason I bring this up is, China has now deployed a new artificial intelligence prosecutor. What could go wrong? What could go wrong with an artificial intelligence prosecutor? Now, right before the show today, while my intro video was playing on the live stream, you had the Attorney General Merrick Garland out there talking about the January 6th uh, trials, investigations, committee hearings, whatever the heck you want to call it. It's a witch hunt, banana court, whatever. Talking about, you know, some of the, the latest updates on that. You still have people running around calling it an, insur an insurrection in spite of the fact that, you know, dictionaries are supposed to have definitions and you're supposed to respect those definitions, but people don't. And so while that was happening, I was thinking about this story, which I did tease in my promo that many of you might have heard from yesterday to today. You got Merrick Garland out there. You've got this witch hunt on January 6th. And there are some people that certainly do deserve some charges for assaulting police officers and that sort of thing. But let's be honest, there's a lot of, of first of all, there's inmate abuse that is happening here. That is confirmed by the federal courts. The federal courts have ordered certain people to be released because they're being abused. Their civil rights are being violated. Um, we have found out that the person who's running the, uh, the jail system there is a rabid anti-Trumper. So the people who are being abused... The person who runs the system that is abusing them is a rabid anti-Trump activist on social media. Um, you've got uh, people being charged with with crimes that they clearly didn't commit. You've got other people um, who have trumped up charges in spite of all of the evidence. You've got some people who are on camera doing things that don't have face any charges at all. Now, this is a definitive and coordinated effort to keep anything involving Trump in the forefront of your mind so that way they have something to run on in the midterm elections. Because once again, the Democrats find themselves in a position to not be able to run on anything. They, they can't run on the economy. They can't run on foreign policy. They can't run on any of the normal things that you usually run on 
So what they have to do is once again, create a scenario where they can scare you into voting for them instead of voting for somebody else. And Trump is still the person that they use for that. So they used Trump before, didn't really work. They'd used COVID. It sort of worked. They had to get a little bit more creative, as we see in Georgia, Arizona, Wisconsin, and other places. Um, But now they're at a point where they're just going to push this insurrection narrative in spite of the fact that everybody, including the FBI who investigated it, found that there was no insurrection. There was no coordination. There was no pre-planning of anything. It was all a complete lie that the media basically made up. And the fact that you have Republicans and Democrats on this January 6th commission, including Ms. Cheney, who are running around lying about this still really tells you everything that you need to know. Liz Cheney the other day was basically saying that, um, uh, like, if you support Trump, you, you can't support Trump and the Constitution at the same time or something like that. And I, I had to laugh because the January 6th commission is completely and totally unconstitutional. But I digress. So you're, you're seeing a lot of this stuff. Well, China is deploying this artificial intelligence prosecutor specifically to identify dissenters. Which is exactly what we're seeing with the January 6th stuff. They're being portrayed as dissenters. Um, and and they're being you know portrayed not just as dissenters, but uh, as you know, insurrectionists and militants and militia members, and that which is all complete and total nonsense for the most part. So the Chinese Communist Party has developed an artificial intelligence prosecutor that can identify and suggest charges for alleged crimes, including dissent and provoking trouble. Now, keep in mind, everything that China develops when it comes to their social credit score or their surveillance state, everything that they develop, they package for exportation. Everything. Now, could you easily say that there is a side of this in this country, in the media and in the political realm that is arguing about people who who protest on January 6th? that they are dissenters and that they were provoking trouble? Yeah, sure. People could certainly argue that. Uh, built by the Shanghai Pudong People's Pro- Procuratorate, the tool can file charges. The tool, Josh, the tool can file charges. You don't need a human being. The tool can do it. The tool can file charges after hearing a verbal description of the case. Now, of course, one of the the beauties of human intuition is that oftentimes you can detect if somebody is deceiving you, withholding information or lying, right? And there might be some algorithms that can do that, but there's probably going to be a lot of algorithms that maybe don't. And sometimes you need a tell. So maybe somebody can, you know, describe something verbally, flawlessly, but there, there's some kind of a tell that they have. You know, maybe their eye twitches, you know, maybe they do something with their fingers, whatever. There's a tell, right? Well, can the artificial intelligence notice that? Can it decipher that? Can it pick it up in time before deciding to file charges? And the answer to that is most likely probably not. But this thing runs on a standard desktop computer. Again, what could possibly go wrong? And it presses charges based on 1,000, quote, traits from the human-generated case description test text. So a human being basically describes the case and the artificial intelligence algorithm decides whether or not charges should be filed against the individual that is being presented in the case. Again, what could possibly go wrong? 
The prosecutor was programmed with information from 17,000 real-life cases ranging from 2015 to 2020 and can identify and, as a result, can press charges for the eight most common crimes in Shanghai. Among the charges is, quote, provoking trouble, a term often weaponized by Beijing to stifle political and social dissent and criticism. Again, go back to Hong Kong and the protests that were that were happening there. Um, certainly, the protesters could be charged with provoking trouble in this situation. Other crimes reportedly recognized by the machine are obstructing official duties, credit card fraud, gambling crimes, dangerous driving, theft, fraud, and intentional injury. The project's lead scientist claimed that the system had an accuracy rate of 97%, which, of course, you don't really know if that's true or not, because if you get prosecuted by the Chinese Communist Party, you get convicted anyway. <laughs> so, you know, you're not dealing with a free judicial system at all. The system can replace prosecutors in the decision-making process to a certain extent. Now, right about now, some of you are probably looking at this and going, well, George Soros funds prosecutors all over the country. Maybe, maybe this could be a solution. You know, or George Soros could buy the company or invest in the company that manufactures uh, the software or installs the software, or manages the software, and then you're really host. Just throwing it out there as an example. Chinese prosecutors, however, have concerns over the machine's purported accuracy. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the accuracy of 97% may be high from a technological point of view, but there's always a chance of a mistake. Who will take responsibility when that happens? The prosecutor, the machine, or the designer of the algorithm they added? That's a great question. But again, that's, you know, when you are looking at the this technology of the future, they don't really care about all of that stuff, so... I'm telling you right now, um, we are a we are a lot closer to these dystopian science fiction movies than a lot of you have wanted to admit for a very long period of time. Uh, there used to be a big debate about if science were to advance, you know, would it look more like Star Trek or would it look more like Star Wars? And most people felt it would look like Star Wars. It turns out it actually looks a lot more like Star Trek. Um, you know, photon torpedoes, shield arrays, phasers, transporters even. They've had success in transporting things. You know, there's, it's very interesting to kind of watch some of this stuff develop. And then, of course, when you go into the other aspect of it, you know, a lot of people didn't want to believe the old Sandra Bullock movie, The Net. Turns out that that thing was prophetic. Then there was, um, then there was, uh, what, uh, was it uh, City Under Siege or something like that? Uh, that that ended up being a, a, a prophetic movie as well. Uh, Minority Report ends up being a prophetic movie. People, you know, people who probably wrote Minority Report and people who viewed Minority Report were like, wow, that can never happen. And here we are. We're staring at it. People didn't think the the possibility of Orwell's 1984 coming true or or Huxley's Brave New World coming true. You know, a lot of people felt, yeah, that's not possible. Turns out that a hybrid between both of those those writers is actually what we exist in right now at this very point in time. And a lot of people haven't paid attention to it just because they're like, ah, it's fantasy. It's not a big deal. But when you look at it, if it's rooted in real technology and, and real, you know, real development, uh, development um, trees and things like that, you start running into some of these, these issues. Artificial intelligence is one of those things that can be very amazing, but it's also so rife with potential abuse. You know, I know that a lot of people um, 
maybe don't believe that there will be, you know, an iRobot style robot rebellion or something of that nature in the future. Maybe that's that's possible. But there will be people who will be killed by artificial intelligence mistakenly. That will happen because we are developing and even deploying. U.S. military is already deploying them in field now. You know, drones that have artificial intelligence and those those packages, they're the ones that determine if a target is is available to be neutralized. They do it all on their own autonomously. And they do that because of the way that you communicate with these drones. It's very susceptible to being hijacked and, and that sort of thing. And so the, the way to prevent that security breach is to just make them autonomous. Well, when they're autonomous, you have to deal with a robot flying around and deciding who and who not to kill. And there's always the chance that it is going to make a mistake. Human beings do too, but at least human beings are held accountable for that. What happens when algorithms are the ones that are making those mistakes, as some of the prosecutors in Shanghai are saying? You got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Josh, were you ever into, like, aminals when you were a kid? Like, animals. I just call them aminals. You know, like, you watch, like, the Sunday nature shows and stuff like that. You ever watch that? So if you were if you were to think of, like, a publication, okay, of nature or whatever, I mean, what do you, what publication is probably the most recognizable in your mind? The zoo book, I forgot all about the zoo books. I was, I, I instantly went to like National Geographic. So, um, yeah, but are, are those National Geographic? I, I think they are. Yeah, hold on a second. So like the zoo books, yeah, because that's right. I forgot all about those, but I think they are National Geographic. Um, maybe they aren't. Oh, why am I getting James Patterson stuff? They're, prob- they're probably um, National Geographic. Yeah, yeah, zoo. Oh, zoo book versus National zoo Geographic. Books. Yeah, zoo books. Okay. Um, yeah, but like National Geographic Kids Magazine was something I always had in the house. You know, yeah, yeah, zoo books. Okay, so yeah, zoo books is not the same thing apparently. Um, you know, but I always it would be National Geographic, right? So National Geographic is supposed to be a reliable source for you know that type of information. And National Geographic has been lying to people for a long time about global warming and stuff like that because, you know, it's the conservation thing. It's the propaganda they give to your kids and all that stuff. But but the thing is about National Geographic is that they have a reputation, right? It's a, it's a good reputation by and large. Um, yes, when they get into activism, they have some problems with that. But, but by and large, National Geographic is recognized as a reliable place that you can get some information about a certain topic usually dealing with wildlife and that sort of thing. So while uh, National Geographic, they published a book recently. They published a book about Kyle Rittenhouse. Why is National Geographic publishing a book about Kyle Rittenhouse? Now, admittedly, I don't know enough about the overall uh, company at National Geographic and, and why they would be publishing books like this, you know, because they usually do stuff about history and nature and that sort of thing. But National Geographic uh, published a book about Kyle Rittenhouse. And in this book, that National Geographic, which is known for 
you know, accurate information about nature and stuff like that. They, they published this book about Kyle Rittenhouse, and in that book that National Geographic, I know that I'm repeating myself over and over again. There's a reason for it. In that book that National Geographic published about Kyle Rittenhouse, National Geographic said he killed two black men. But he didn't. How, how, how do we... <laughs> Casey, how bad are things? Well, it's so bad that National Geographic is publishing books about Kyle Rittenhouse and lying about who he shot. That's how bad things are. National Geographic published a book about ancient Egypt that mentioned Kyle Rittenhouse. It's a book about ancient Egypt that mentioned Kyle Rittenhouse? And wildly mischaracterized a self-defense shooting that he was involved in nearly two years ago. In the book, The Good King's Absolute Power in Ancient Egypt and the Modern World, Kara Cooney, published, a National Ge- published by National Geographic, the author falsely claims that Rittenhouse killed two black men in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Now, of course, he's, he didn't kill two black men. He didn't kill one black man. There wasn't one black person involved in the altercation that involved Kyle Rittenhouse. So there's several questions here. One, why is National Geographic publishing this? Why didn't the editor catch this and say, this is bullcrap, get it out of the book? And why is it showing up in a book about ancient Egypt? Aside from the fact that there's just inaccurate information there. So this is the actual line in there. Or consider 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, who used a semi-automatic weapon to kill two black men in Kenosha, Wisconsin, while waging a glorious race war on behalf of his inherited white power. This is in a National Geographic book. And they published it. A lot of people have been asking this question for many years, and I know that I've been one of them. How does some of the stuff that gets published get past the editors at newspapers? How does it get past the editors on television news? How does it get past any editor anywhere, especially when you're publishing books? And that is a great question when you're supposed to be publishing a nonfiction book. It's one thing to publish a fiction book, but when you're publishing a nonfiction book and the editors don't catch this in an ancient Egypt, Egyptian book. I couldn't decide if it was going to do Egypt or Egyptian. Ancient Egyptian book. What Kyle Rittenhouse is in there? Where they just straight up lie about Kyle Rittenhouse. So when you ask me how bad things really are, how bad do I think things really are, we're at a point where books about ancient Egypt published by National Geographic have completely fabricated stories about modern, living, real people, all because of political narratives. That's how bad things have gotten. MNC News Time is 434. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So here's the thing. I We were discussing this during the break here on the live stream. You go to rumble.com slash Casey, the host. I was going to talk about this anyway. NASCAR, we made you know a, a, an impassing announcement that uh, Let's Go Brandon was now officially a car in NASCAR, right? And, of course, uh, Brandon Brown, who was the one who was giving the interview um, when the crowd started chanting uh, FJB. 
And the reporter didn't really know what to do with it. And she said, oh, they're chanting, let's go, Brandon. Now, of course, at the time, it was already a viral sensation. It was happening at every sporting event in the country. You went to every baseball game, every football game, and they were screaming FJB. So she says, oh, they're, they're not yelling that. They're yelling, let's go, Brandon, which they clearly were not if you watch the video. I showed the video for the first time to my wife today, dude. She had never seen it before because she had no. She looked at me. And she goes, what's this let's go, Brandon thing? <laughs> so I finally was able to explain to her. I didn't know she didn't know. Um, and she's like, wow, that was that's, yeah. Everybody knew exactly what that crowd was saying. But, you know, she started the let's go, Brandon thing, and boom. You've got a whole company that is now, you know, obviously there's merchandise everywhere, but there is a Let's Go Brandon business. Uh, they are expanding. They're getting more branches and and, uh, and and more satellite locations and things like that. You know, it, but there's a cryptocurrency and the Let's Go Brandon coin. It's a cryptocurrency. It's a legitimate cryptocurrency. The website is lgbcoin.io. And Brandon Brown, who is the driver who had just won Talladega, was giving that interview and she said, let's go, Brandon. His first name is Brandon, when in fact they were yelling F Joe Biden. And lo and behold, he finally speaks out about it like two weeks ago and, and very political, very diplomatic in it. And then like a week, week and a half later, he's rolling out the brand new LGB coin car, right? So now Brandon Brown drives the let's go, Brandon NASCAR and yesterday, we made it a passing mention of it. Somebody was like, yeah, and he might not even be able to keep it. So I think that they have an inside track on, on what was happening there that I didn't have. And then today, NASCAR has banned the Let's Go Brandon themed car, which it, it's a white car with uh, the American flag union with some stripes, you know, flowing on the side, 68 car, and, and then in blue Big bold letters that says lgbcoin.io on the back rear quarter of the car. And that's that's it. It's a beautiful car. It's a very, very pretty car. Uh, so anyway, NASCAR will not allow Brandon Brown to drive the Let's Go Brandon-themed car. The Xfinity Series driver sent shockwaves through the sport when he unveiled an LGB-themed car sponsored by the cryptocurrency company LGB Coin. And again, the uh, website is lgbcoin.io. You can convert your, your cryptocurrency into LGB coin. By the way, I recommend that you do that. Not everything, but I recommend that you get yourself some LGB coin because it is taking off. These meme coins do very, very well. Uh, and so anyway, um, he went mega viral after a reporter claimed the fans are chanting, let's go Brandon instead of FJB, which of course is what they were really doing. However, the racing company won't allow him to drive it. According to Bob uh, Pockrass, NASCAR has decided to not approve the sponsorship. For some contrast, NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace, who infamously claimed that a noose was found in his racing stall, did have a Black Lives Matter car. So you can have a Black Lives Matter car, but you can't have an LGB coin car? That's interesting stuff. Now, Black Lives Matter is supposed to be a nonprofit. Whereas this is a cryptocurrency, right? But this is the thing. You're getting into a situation where I don't, I don't know that NASCAR has got a legal leg here. Now, NASCAR can say that certain businesses are not going to be advertised on their cars, right? So as a company, you can say no strip clubs in our cars, right? But when you're already allowing cryptocurrency to be advertised on other vehicles, can you shut out a competitor? I don't know that you can. 
So it's going to be very interesting to see what ends up happening with this. Uh, just because of the legal precedence, you know, I, I get it. You're probably listening to this right now and you go, silly. But overall, not a story that's going to affect your life, right? But you are dealing with, with now a company in NASCAR that is saying some messages are okay and other messages are not okay. And as a result, we're going to censor who can and cannot be featured on our vehicles based on what they believe. That's where the issue is. And some people are asking how you get the uh, the Brandon coin. So what you have to do is go to lgbcoin.io, lgbcoin.io. They have a tutorial on how to convert up other cryptocurrency into the Let's Go Brandon coin. So what you have to do is you've got to have a wallet somewhere with cryptocurrency that you already have. And then you're just going to basically link it with a third-party site and convert your coins into the LGB coin uh, because it's not available on all of the, the crypto trading websites right now. So there, you have to basically go through a workaround to get the coin. But the value of this coin keeps shooting up. So I recommend that you do it. Uh, but if you go to lgbcoin.io, they have a tutorial on how to do it, okay? So it's, it's super simple, really easy for you to, to walk through and, and follow along with. But I'm, I'm very interested in how this is going to play out legally. My assumption is if, if the company that Brandon Brown drives for doesn't, doesn't push this legally with NASCAR, I would expect that maybe LGB Coin would push it legally. Because if you're going to allow some cryptocurrency to advertise on vehicles, then you should probably allow this cryptocurrency with no vulgarity or anything else to be advertised. And let's go, Brandon. It is not vulgar. You know, saying fudge is perfectly legal on the radio, but saying the uh, the other bad word equivalent of it is not. And NASCAR cannot make a contradictory claim like that. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, there's some people obviously say, well, it's NASCAR. They can decide this whatever they want. But at the same time, that's not always the case. That's not how this works. I realize that some people want it to work that way, and I wouldn't have a problem if it worked that way too. But it's not how things work. And if you're going to allow cryptocurrency to advertise on other cars, you're going to have a heck of a time justifying in any legal way not allowing this cryptocurrency to uh, to not a to to advertise on any of these vehicles. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. But this is going to whatever legal decision comes from this, if there ends up being a case, and I would assume that there would be, but then that is going to emanate into other realms. You know, if you had, for example, I was just using this example during the commercial break. Let's say the New York Times had a NASCAR, right? I know they would never have a NASCAR, but let's just say if, if, the, if there's a New York Times NASCAR, could you really say that the New York Post couldn't sponsor a NASCAR too because they have different political points of view? doesn't really make sense. Now, Black Lives Matter has actually killed people, and yet they allowed a Black Lives Matter car. So that's something to throw up there, too. Um, and I would assume that any discussion that happens with the lawyers is probably going to have all of this. But pretty interesting to, to see all of this develop. But uh, a lot of you yesterday were saying that, yeah, we, we're not sure that NASCAR is going to let them keep that. And you were right. NASCAR is uh, officially banned the Let's Go Branding car. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. So Beacon Health made an announcement today. You see this? Uh, it's got posted on the Discord server. 
We are canceling open heart surgeries. We're also canceling surgeries for people who need valve replacements. We're canceling surgeries for patients who have cancer. And not because those aren't very important surgeries, but because we have patients crashing in our ER and crashing in our hospitals who if we don't do something for them, they will die. Yeah. Okay. Well. Sorry. Uh, you got heart problems and cancer. You're you're just you're out of luck. You know the the other people who are you know not really seriously at risk or I guess a little bit more important. Um, it's unfortunate, but and you know you get you look at the statistics and you look at the data and everything else. Um, you know this is a hyperbolic statement. Um, there's not much else that you can say about it. Uh, people that I know at Beacon are saying this is hyperbolic and it's not reflective of reality there. And at the end of the day, I will just politely say this one last thing, I guess. Maybe if you were so concerned about your your ERs getting overwhelmed, maybe you shouldn't have fired hundreds of people because they made a choice about their own medicine for their own body. Just, just a polite recommendation. But this has been the case all over the country. It's not because hospitals are over capacity. It's because they fired a bunch of people and now they don't have the staff to deal with oftentimes very normal normal uh, occupancy in emergency rooms and in hospital beds. It's the sad reality. We'll, we'll go over this Michigan hospital chain here in just a couple of minutes. They you know, fired thousands of people and they're struggling now. We'll talk about that next. We'll get into Venmo for those of you who are in the gig economy. Things are going to dramatically change for you next year with your taxes. That's all coming up next. Look, let me just go. I want to do this real quick, and then we're going to get into the, the other stuff that we want to discuss. But the reason I want to talk about this is that, you know, you have you have organizations that made a decision to fire essential workers that they brought in, even if they were exposed to COVID throughout the entire pandemic, to make sure that they they had staff available, right? A large chunk of those staff were medical personnel that they desperately need now and desperately needed throughout the pandemic were heroes, right? They were heroes everywhere. Now, they're discarded as as useless and scum and how dare they. We've been over this. You know, I, I came back yesterday and what what did I do, Josh? I went through almost 50 links of Casey was right, everybody else was wrong. And a lot of the stuff that was in there were hospitals that were forcing COVID positive staff to show up to work. Hospitals who are rehiring unvaxxed nursing staff because they had shortages. We told you from the very beginning of this thing, you're going to fire thousands of these people. There's going to be another spike. Did we or did we not say in the wintertime, Josh, probably going to be another spike in the wintertime? Yeah, I got news for you. It's cold outside, right, Josh? Cold outside. Omicron's here. The good news is that Omicron, like, kills nobody. Very few people die from Omicron. Thank God. That's that's great. We don't want people to die. Uh, you know, you start looking at, by the way, the first the first uh, case of an Omicron death was being like an anti-vaxxer. That, the whole story fell apart. That was not true. That was not true at all, by the way. 
So, yeah, people are going to get sick. As I've told you from the very beginning of this pandemic, you know, based on what we knew pretty early on, you're going to get it. I would much I would much rather have you get Omicron than Delta. Doesn't matter what your age is cuz Omicron is really mild. It's basically a cold. I've told you this before, hospitalizations don't matter. They don't mean anything. They haven't meant anything in a long time. ICUs, deaths, those are big. So you've got Beacon Health canceling open heart surgery where hey, if you need open heart surgery, guess what? You're at risk of dying. Canceling heart valve surgery, you're at risk of dying. Canceling cancer surgery, you're at risk of dying. Why? Because they say that they're being overwhelmed and they've never seen this many patients whatsoever um, when it comes to COVID cases. The only problem with that is all of the official data which they are required to report to the state government says that they're lying about that. That doesn't mean that they're not stressed out. That doesn't mean that that because they're short-staffed because they fired a bunch of people that the folks who are going to work at Beacon don't have a lot on their plate. I'm not saying that. But the reality of the situation is there are not more people in the hospital now than there has been throughout the pandemic. It's not true. There's not more people in the ICU and occupying ICU beds now than have been throughout the pandemic. That's not true. There are not more people dying now than have been throughout the pandemic. That's not true. There isn't a justification for canceling open heart surgery, valve surgery, and cancer surgeries, which are essential for saving people's lives for what is happening with COVID right now. There isn't a justifiable excuse. But you put out a fear-mongering tweet like that because they know that people in the local news are not going to actually go to the dashboards and look at the data. They're not going to actually bother to pay attention to any of this. They're just going to go, oh, well, you know, you're the ones that run the hospital, so I just assume you're telling the truth. All right, well, here's here's the reality, okay? ICU beds in St. Joseph County. First of all, the deaths in St. Joseph County are a lot lower than they were in December of, of last year. They're lower than they were in January of last year. You know, basically since February in both Elkhart and St. Joseph County, basically since February, you had one or no deaths per day. And now you're you're dealing with three and five, but they're sporadic. It's like occasionally you'll have a zero, zero, one person dies, zero, zero, three people die, zero, zero, five people die. I'm not minimizing those deaths. They're tragic. But when they send out a tweet like that, where they tell you, we've never seen this many patients crashing and dying in our ICU, there isn't anything in the data that reflects that. And people that I know at Beacon are saying it's not true. It's hyperbolic, and they're trying to scare you. And really what it comes down to is they don't want to accept responsibility for all of the people that they fired, which are now limiting their ability to provide care for people who desperately need it, who need open-heart surgery, who need valve surgery, and who need cancer treatments. That's the reality. So they would rather people with heart issues and valve issues and cancers, they would rather them risk dying by not getting, you know, the surgeries that they desperately need performed on them so they can go and make this political stunt. And it is. It's a political stunt. This is disgusting, by the way. And shame on you Republicans, some of you local officials, who are perpetuating this nonsense when the data clearly shows that it's not true. I mean, I can I can give you the data, right? According to the state, you know, um, according to the state, you know, one one person died on the third. Three people died on the first. 
one person one person died on the 31st no people died on the 30th you know again this is this is far lower than it was in december of last year far lower when you look at the icus okay icu beds now this is not total capacity this is staffed beds 17.4% of icu beds in st joseph county are available 41.3% of the icu beds that are in use right now are covid patients 41.3% are non-COVID patients. You realize right now in our hospitals in St. Joseph County, the exact same number of people, percentage-wise, the exact same number of people occupying an ICU bed don't are not there because of COVID as there are people there with COVID. And a lot of the people who are there with COVID are probably not there because of COVID, but I digress. We don't have that data specifically in, ha- in, in hand right now for St. Joseph County, so I'm just extrapolating based on the data that's available in other parts of the country. Now, case, case numbers are up. Yeah, it's cold. Omicron is coming through. Uh, the vaccinated people who never had COVID are getting sick. That's true. The death rate is still a lot lower than it has been and continues to decline throughout the pandemic. So that's St. Joseph County, okay? Which, again, if, if you're Beacon Health and, and they're talking about St. Joseph County, you can take a look at St. Joseph County and, and all the hospitals and everything else that they're involved in. And that's that's just a reality. There isn't... There isn't a a dire situation that has been created by an exorbitant amount of people who are now sick and dying from COVID. If there is a situation, it is simply because of staffing, because they chose to fire people who didn't want to get vaccinated. People that they allowed to work unvaccinated uh, without proper PPE. We heard that narrative the entire time of the pandemic, all throughout the, the pandemic, and were called heroes and everything else. And suddenly they weren't heroes and suddenly nobody wanted to pay attention to them. And suddenly they weren't important anymore. That that's the reality. You know, I don't mind if, if whether it's beacon or anybody else, I don't mind if they go out there and go, look, staffing shortages are making this tough on us. And here's why I don't have a problem with that. I think that that is a perfectly reasonable thing to, to say. My issue is when they go out there and they go, Somebody says, I'm seeing more COVID patients now than I ever have throughout the pandemic. Well, that's because you have a a bigger workload because you don't have as many people working with you anymore because they were fired. It's not because there's more people there. It's because there's less ability to delegate the work. And when you make the case that people can't have open heart surgery or cancer surgery and they're just going to risk dying, when you make that case... Because people are crashing in your ICUs, and yet you're sitting here looking at the data and you're going, what are you talking about? Your ICUs are not filled at that. They're not filled to capacity. You know, just as many ICU beds are being occupied by people without COVID. The the issue is staffing. The issue is not ICUs being overwhelmed. By the way, Elkhart's pretty much the same story as as St. Joseph County. You know, but it's it's a sad state that we have people that you're supposed to trust with your health care. We're running around and saying this stuff. This is, none of this is my opinion. This is all in the actual chart. And we have all of the data from yesterday and before. We don't have the data for today yet. We'll have the data for today tomorrow. And when I come on the show tomorrow, if you want me to give you the data, and we look at the data and find out, oh, well, it went from three people dying to 150 people dying in St. Joseph County yesterday, I'll correct myself. That's not going to happen. You know it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. The problem is, is that when they put it, they put a tweet out like that, the people who read the tweets don't hop over and go, wow, what's so bad? How bad are the numbers? And then look at the dashboard. People on your local news channels, they don't bother to hop over to the dashboard. And by the way, I'm looking at the New York Times dashboard and the state dashboard. 
just in case one of them is incorrect. People don't take the time to go look at that. Josh, how long did it take me to find these numbers? It took me like 30 seconds, right? We went into the news break and I pulled it up and I was telling the live stream what was happening. It's 30 seconds, man. It's not that, again, the biggest problem with news media is not that they're dishonest or that they lied. The problem is they're lazy. There's a mentality out there where, oh, well, they're a doctor, so they must know more about masks than, than you. Well, doctors, that's actually not their field of expertise. And it's kind of ridiculous to make that statement. But a lot of people do make that statement. And they, what do we end up finding out, right, Josh? Casey was right about masks. Of course I'm right about masks. You know why? Because I cited every study going back to 2005. That's why. Not because I'm smarter than everybody else. Just look at the science. It's published science. It's not hard. But when you don't look at it, it's easy to get confused. And so when Beacon goes out there and says, we have more people crashing and dying in our ICUs right now than ever before, and you look at the data and you go, well, that's not true. In fact, the numbers are pretty similar to what they were <laughs> just a couple of months ago. What's, what's going on here? They're a lot less severe than they were at this time last year. So why, why, are you, why are you so hyperbolic about it right now? Well, there is one factor that has changed since December of, of 2021. Uh, not, well, 2020, excuse me, December 2020. Well, that factor is they fired a bunch of people who didn't want to get an experimental vaccine in their body. And the reason that many of them didn't do it, one, is because, you know, a lot of people in the medical field are very, very science-driven, and they want to make sure that long-term data is available on this. And we don't have any long-term data available on this. But the other thing is, you know, there's like 140 studies now that have been done that find out the people who have already had COVID who get vaccinated are much higher rate of having a serious side effect from the vaccine. And a lot of these people who are fired because they didn't want the vaccine have already had COVID. They were already naturally immune. And they were fired for absolutely no reason. They weren't jeopardizing themselves. They weren't jeopardizing anybody else. And what they were trying to do is protect themselves from getting one of these side effects, which we know you have a two and a half times higher likelihood to have a serious side effect from the vaccines if you've had COVID. So why would they put themselves at further risk if they're already immune anyway? That's the story that they don't want to tell you. I have no doubt that the good folks that are working at these hospitals here locally and elsewhere and around the country, I have no doubt that they are probably working long hours and they're working hard and they're, they're you know, maybe even struggling to keep up a little bit in some places, okay? Not everywhere, but in some places. I have no doubt that that's happening, but that's because good people who are doing their job who could have been there to relieve that workload were fired for no good reason. That's all there is to it. So what they should be doing, instead of sending out a fear-mongering tweet that can easily be fact-checked in 30 seconds and proven wrong, what they could do is just go, look, we made a decision that we were going to release people who didn't get the vaccine. Here's why, whether you agree with their justification or not, here's why. And as a result of us doing that, we have some shortages which are limiting our ability to do these things. That's all you have to do. But why can't they do that? Josh, why can't, why can't Beacon do that? Because they're admitting liability. And Beacon can't go out there and tell you, you can't have your life-saving open-heart surgery or you can't have that tumor removed because we made a bad business decision a couple of months ago. They can't go out there and say that. So they're going to blame it on some other scenario, which is, easy, again, easily fact-checked. Anybody in the news media here, any of you in the audience, could easily hop on and go, wow, Casey's lying to all of us right now. Okay, Josh, 574-2595-953. Am I lying about the data that's in the, uh, the COVID dashboards? 
Call him right now, Josh. Call Josh right now and tell him I'm lying and then prove to me that I'm lying. And then all we have to do is, is have you come on and just completely wipe the floor with me and I'll admit that I'm wrong. Again, just a friendly reminder to everybody out there. It's okay to admit when you're wrong. And if I'm wrong, just please provide the data that I'm wrong. Now, what, what has to happen for somebody to do that is they have to call up and they have to go, the dashboards that register every state and the state dashboard itself are wrong. So if they have this data, which says Casey's not telling you all the truth, it would be because the official data from the state of Indiana and the official national data, which you get from the CDC, is not accurate. And if you have a way to tell me that that data is not accurate, I'm willing to listen to you. Because let's be honest, we're dealing with government here, and government getting data wrong is something that happens on a routine basis. But that's the best data that we have available. So if you're going to be able to tell me, no, Casey, 200 people died in St. Joseph County yesterday, and we're clearly overwhelmed, and there isn't 17% of our ICU beds uh, that are staffed available. Again, those are not total ICU bed capacities, because they can scale. Those are the staffed beds right now. Do you realize throughout most of the pandemic, we were at a point where the staffed ICU beds, there was like less than 5% of them available, and we're dealing with over 17% now, and somehow this is a worse situation than it was before? What? For a less severe variant of the virus that isn't killing anybody? Are you kidding me? I'm, I'm sorry, but that pisses me off. That you've got a hospital company running to social media and scaring all of you with this nonsense. And you know what? It ticks me off further that Republicans and Democrats were in local political office here. Perpetuate that lie when all you have to do is hop on. 30 seconds, and it debunks the entire damn thing. And the fact that they're so willing to scare you about all of this when it's not accurate, it's not true, yeah, that upsets me. Just accept responsibility for your decisions. And if you're so damned afraid to leave the house because this thing that isn't killing anybody might infect you, then stay home and shut up about other people's policies. If you don't like that a business isn't enforcing a mass mandate because there's supposed to be a mass mandate, or you don't like that somebody's not requiring a vaccine passport, keep your mouth shut and stay home. Sip your soy latte and waste away in fear and don't live out the rest of your days in happiness. And keep your mouth shut and let the rest of us go back to our lives. This is the most ridiculous crap I have ever seen. And I've seen some supposedly intelligent people fall victim to this nonsense. It's, it's, you know, it's morbid is what it is. These are people who are not happy with themselves. They're not happy with their lives. And they have created a bubble of this horrendous existence so they can just self-marinate in their own despair. That's all it is. I, I'm gone for two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks. And I had five zero stories that were published that I was right and my detractors were wrong. 50 in two and a half weeks. And now this. They should be ashamed of themselves. Got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. All right. I went late in that last segment, so I'm going to have a quick turnaround here. I apologize about that. But I wanted to, to get this story out there, too. So Michigan's largest health system 
which again, it fired, you know, tons of people. The Henry Ford Health System, they're 99% fully vaxxed. And in a week, they had 700 employees or about 2% of their total workforce come down with COVID. You know, you're going to, at some point in time, you're going to have to stop fantasizing about all of this. You're just going to have to realize, look, the, the vaccines do not prevent you from getting COVID. They do not prevent you from spreading COVID. Um, the data on them reducing the severity of your symptoms of COVID is frankly dramatically bad. Um, there may be for some of you, if you're in one of the danger categories, it, it would you know potentially help you there. But for a lot of people, it actually makes things worse. And this this notion that you're just you're not going to let healthy people go about their business because they don't have one of these things that isn't really working anyway. The people who are getting sick right now, Biden lied again yesterday. This is a, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That's not true. All of the data, all of it shows that it's not the unvaccinated that are getting sick. It's the vaccinated that are getting sick. All of the data, not just from the United States, from Germany, from Belgium. From elsewhere, we went over a lot of that stuff yesterday. It's in yesterday's daily show prep. People who are vaccinated but never had COVID are the ones getting sick. People who have had COVID are not getting sick. So if you've never had COVID, vaccinated or not, plan on getting COVID. Now, how you handle that situation or how you prepare for that is entirely up to you and the people that you trust to advise you on that. But let's stop pretending that vaccinating people is going to stop the spread of this thing. That ain't going to happen. We do not have the ability to stop the spread of this. Period. End of story. And stop pretending otherwise. Stop pretending more people are dying today than have throughout the, the aggregate of this pandemic. That is not true. As we all know, when it gets cold, the, the virus gets more active and you start seeing more cases, which is exactly what happens all the time. There's nothing new. There's nothing out of the ordinary. And frankly, uh, all of the data, all of it shows that it is much better than it was December of 2020. You got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel, MNC News Time is 534. Check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. I bloviated a little bit, and so I'm screwing up my commercial breaks. But let's, you know, people are asking me some questions about this. All right, Denmark study. 90% of Omicron infections found in fully vaccinated or boosted individuals. A German government study, 96% of Germans with Omicron were fully vaccinated. 28% were triple vaxxed. Only 4% of the infections were unvaxxed. That's telling you what's actually happening. But somehow, miraculously, and we've seen this story before, the United States is completely different than everywhere else in the world. Not true. Got more coming up. All right, I guess I'm doing the Venmo story tomorrow. <laughs> I meant to do it yesterday. Meant to do it today. I guess I'm doing it tomorrow. I'm just out of time. Sorry. A uh, lot of great new things are going to be coming soon, so make sure you follow me on social media to make sure that you are aware of all of that. And I know that some of you are really worried that I was gone when we weren't here on Monday. It was, look, it was just one of those company holiday things, man. They gave us Monday off. Nobody knows why. I still haven't found a reason why we had Monday off, Josh. Nobody said anything. But we had Monday off. So sorry to scare, scare everybody. Uh, but it was just a, a you know company gave us an extra day off and nobody was going to say no. So that's just how it went. Uh, but at the same time, if you followed me on Telegram, if you followed me on Rumble, if you followed me on Getter, a lot of you have found me on Getter over the past couple of days. 
uh, you you would have known that I was going to be back on Tuesday and you would not have been worried. So I suggest that you head over there and follow me on social media, whatever your preferred platforms are, at Casey the Host, with the exception of Twitter. I am not on Twitter. And uh, look forward to chatting with all of you tomorrow. Have a wonderful night. Here's Bill O'Reilly.